to Doxed, the podcast. Hi. What's Hi. It's 333 right now. Oh, oh hey. <laughs> end it off with a 333. And you feel you feel comfortable to do this, Michelle, because I know it's like. Yeah, I do. I'm at the point where I'm not super scared of anyone, but I know people are going to say what they want to say but that's okay that's good well we're mostly just concerned for you and making sure that you feel safe and comfortable and it's been a lot of undue stress so we don't want to put any more your way but hopefully this is like helpful to talk through and to start with I would love to hear about your kind of initial journey into building your TikTok platform in the first place and like, because we haven't really, we haven't had a chance to talk to you among everybody else. And I'd love a more overview of what that platform has been to you in the past um, and maybe compared to how it feels now ever since this whole situation. Well, when I started TikTok, it was more of a hobby. I had just became a stay-at-home mom for the first time when I'm used to working. I've worked ever since I was old enough to work and stayed working. So when I became a stay-at-home mom, it was it was a big change. I wasn't used to being home all the time and I was used to seeing people. I was used to talking to people. So I joined TikTok to just kind of have fun and be myself and kind of get out of that rut, I guess, of being stuck at home all the time. And so eventually it became me finding myself and I kind of started my spiritual journey and my diagnosis journey with autism that's where I knew I was, I knew I was most likely already ADHD, but that's when I started realizing from TikTok that autism's probably a factor too. That's interesting that that happened for so many of us. I'm glad that it happened for you too. Hopefully you found some good community on there. I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like you were mostly part of, were you part of kind of the autism TikTok stuff or, because a lot of your content that I saw from before was more kind of just like witchy witch stuff. I do a little bit of everything. The witch stuff, I guess, would probably be my main topic points, but I do, I've done several, several videos talking about, or mostly humorous videos. A lot of my content derives from my humor, so I like to make people laugh, make people smile no matter what topic I'm making a video on so it's not really informational but it's it's fun and funny and inspirational definitely that's the other kind of content I saw from you was just like really uplifting stuff and occasional stuff too that was drawing attention to some really important issues and uh trying to I think better a few different communities yeah really you know I think good use of platform definitely yeah like that's kind of how I got into the alley stuff I like to shed light on things that I feel are important and her behaviors it was giant red flags from the moment I saw it yeah yeah so maybe I however much you're comfortable going into maybe you can share with us like your story of how the whole alley situation unfolded just from your perspective. And I know you definitely came into it with intentions of just standing up against what you saw as wrong and hurting people. Mm-hmm. 
And those were really, it was really brave and noble. And I would love for you to just like, I don't know, maybe just whatever you want to share about that story and, and what your experience of it was. Well, when I first saw Allie, she was making fun of you and Carrie Ann. And I was like, this is childish. Like she was saying the most childish and out there things and just making video after video after video after video. And that's when I went into, I I sat in her live once, uh, once or twice, and I was watching her just completely obliterate yours and Carrie Ann's name, and she wouldn't answer me in the comments. So someone sent me to her email, and that's when I emailed her. I emailed her on the 17th about mental health and realizing that the things she say can affect people in real life, not just, it's not just online. There's people that can take it very poorly, and it turns out bad. Yeah, so you emailed her, and mm-hmm. she, did she just initially respond with a bunch of vitriol? She didn't email, she says that she didn't get the email. She still to this day, I think, says that I never emailed her, but I did. And once I emailed her, I had commented in her comments, like, I've, I've seen what you've been doing. Like, this is, this is ridiculous. And she started saying that I was a stalker and that she was going to report me to TikTok for reporting her. <laughs> I've never reported you. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on and you will not talk like a, a human being. Mm. And that's when uh, I made the Darvo video about her and explained how her behavior was kind of like Darvo. Yeah. And then that's when she messaged me on Instagram and she blew up my messages like a mad ex or something, <laughs> an abusive ex. That's mm-hmm. literally what it looked like. She looked like an abusive ex in my DMs for no reason. Oh I God. had never talked to her outside of commenting on her stuff. She had never replied to my email, never replied in the lives that I commented on. Um, Do you remember what those Instagram messages said? I can probably pull it up. Let me pull it up. I can definitely do that. We love a receipt. We love receipts around here. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy also just, it's. I think it's always really important to put it in the perspective of like what's going on in the context of these blowups because it's like totally out of, out of proportion response to somebody just emailing and making a video. She was convinced that I was behind this, the fake Instagram made about her. Oh, because she she had saw me like a video on there. She saw me like something on there. And she lied about, like, she said I was in the comments and I had never commented on anything on that Instagram. I did like a couple things. She saw that, but I never commented on anything saying the things that she said I did. Okay, here's the messages right here. The messages say, um, what the fuck are you doing? None of the things, I see you on that Instagram account. None of the things on that account about me are true. I see you liking the videos. Are you ready to talk like adults? She tried to call me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I gave her the same story. I was like, I I tried to reach out to you. I tried to explain that you could be affecting people's mental health. 
but you don't care. So whatever, Allie, bye. And she just kept on trying to call me. And then she said, um, she said, Michelle, I, I have... I have your name. How do, you, how do you like that or something along those lines? I was like, what are you going to do with my name, Allie? She's trying to, was trying to scare me, I guess. Yeah, I said the same thing to a lot of people. And it's a lot of the same language. She seemed to be just shooting it off at anybody that said anything about her at the time, mm-hmm. which is terrible and unfair. Because I remember you were so kind about it. Um, and because I read some of that stuff went up as like green screened screenshots or whatever on both accounts, hers and yours, I think. And it was all very polite coming from you. And then obviously this horrible backlash from her, which a lot of people face and that's terrible. And then it was really upsetting and overwhelming because her followers are overwhelming. And then I guess her followers were the most overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah. And they, I mean, do you think that's like, again, we don't have to, we can only have to talk about whatever you want to, but do you think that's uh, fed into how you were feeling with the kind of, with the meltdown that she ended up just trying as hard as possible to weaponize? Do you think a lot of that was coming from the way the followers and like the, just the level of them? Oh, definitely. It was so overwhelming. I, I don't see people as their followers but I had gained my followers in what I felt like a short time and I had no idea about parasocial relationships I knew nothing about them when I started this and came to my followers about Allie it was because after I made after I made the Darvo video she messaged me on Instagram that's when she came back accusing me of the Instagram and saying that I was going to come to her house and that I was sending my followers to her house or something like that. Her followers were the most overwhelming. They would leave just a record of comments overnight. I don't know why. I guess they were too scared to do it during the day, but it, it never failed. Every morning I would just wake up to just a list of different comments from my kids to my looks it was never ending that's horrible and then it was it became overwhelming and then some Mm -hmm. of that you kind of showed publicly and then she just immediately tried to push that and throw it in your face and threaten your kids even more with that yeah it had gotten to a point where I was just so frustrated and it was she was going on live every day at like 3 a.m. or something like that. And that was when I would get the most hate comments. So it started affecting my sleep schedule. And I couldn't, either I only slept for a couple hours or I missed a sleep a couple times. And I was frustrated and worried for all of you and myself about what Allie might really do what she might get done, calling people's schools, calling people's works, trying to get CPS called on people or getting CPS called on people. She just, she just wouldn't stop. So her followers were a big part of doing that. And I just, I just hit a breaking point for, I think I was mad for everyone when I had that meltdown. Yeah. I remember seeing that video of you just breaking down and you looked so exhausted. 
I'm oh, so frustrated. Like, I totally recognize that kind of meltdown. I've had them. I feel like we've I all had too. them. And I had that experience with this too. I like got to the end of my whole week of it. And I was just like, pretty much the same way. Just like so exhausted, could barely feed myself. I had that moment as well. Like I just had, or not as well. I had that moment and just like, it really affects you almost more. It like sneaks up on you. And I think we were all there at some point in this, just like almost struggling to even maintain a sense of reality for how bad it got at a certain point. And it, it takes a while to recover from a meltdown like that. Yeah. And there are two things that really stuck out to me after I saw your video, because I, I believe you took a little bit of a break from social media after that, which was likely for the best. But one was the like response video she made, green screening you and laughing and just being terrible like as much as she talks about how everyone needs to have empathy for her she had zero for you and I feel like a perfect stranger could have seen your video and would have been like oh my heart breaks for this person and she just loved every second of your pain which was disgusting after that to hear her say like when she's attacking people I had an absolute autistic meltdown but she's like at the gym, screaming in the gym bathroom, on an exercise bike, walking around Costco. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, that's not what meltdowns look like. Like, I've never seen anyone bounce back from an autistic meltdown within, like, a few minutes the way Ali supposedly can. <laughs> and that That video, she posted it, and then she took it down. And then she posted it again and it went viral the like second or third time she posted it because she would cross post videos on both platforms and just get as many views as she could. And I remember that one hitting hundreds of thousands of views. It was it was sickening. It made my stomach turn. And I lost, let me see, I think I lost almost 30 pounds during the whole huh. like four month duration because of stress and anxiety I've gained back like 20 pounds now from that and (laughs) when you lose weight when you're depressed like when you have like high paranoia or high anxiety and you lose that weight it doesn't stay gone long very it, it doesn't stay gone long at all it came right back but it did affect me physically and mentally yeah like I said before with the it was difficult to sleep sometimes because you didn't know what was going to happen yeah it took a huge toll and it wasn't fair at all to then weaponize the toll that it did take against you and your family because you do have such a beautiful family and it's just terrible that she tried to ever threaten people's families like that when you figured Mm -hmm. out something that works for you and your family and everybody is happy and can make it work and it sounds like you have this really great support system in your husband and um people around you that you've put around yourself and shame on her for ever trying to threaten that and take it away from people thankfully I do have a good support system if I didn't uh I mean I don't even want to think about if I didn't that's what I was trying to get Ellie's Ellie's attention about is some people don't have the support systems that some of us have and luckily I did my husband here, my family, and even if my 
house is in order and my kids are healthy, it's still a scary situation to be put in 100%. That's a lot of the reason why I took the internet break that I did. I was constantly getting comments like, go take care of your kids, get offline. And it just got to a point where I did. I just got offline and stayed offline. But I do want to eventually make my way back. So I learned not to care what others think because I'm, I think I'm a kick-ass mom. So my, ki- my kids seem to think I'm a kick-ass mom. They like me pretty well. <laughs> You're definitely a kick-ass mom for sure. I think so too. I definitely think so too. And especially just like, it's a whole fresh new world of, of even understanding ourselves and our, in our artistic identities and then being able mm-hmm. to get through that and finding ways that work for us. And I mean, some of the people that I, I've never seen it done better than by some of the people in this situation. And that includes you. I think your family is just beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Did Allie ever reach out to your husband? Was that ever a thing? Luckily, she didn't. He never received anything from her. I never received direct text messages from her. She had only contacted me on the Instagram, um, in the Instagram DMs at one time. But she never contacted my husband at all which is surprising. I mean, thank God. She's a, a terror. <laughs> so I know. I'm glad he wasn't on her radar. Well, he was in charge of your account at one point, right? For a couple of days. Yes, he took over my account for a couple of days at one point to kind of clear out the nasty comments and stuff that I was getting. That was during the time that Allie's video of me having the meltdown was going viral. So it was... A very stressful time so he yeah. took over my account for me for a few days and just kind of blocked anything that he that I didn't need to see at the time to kind of help me out yeah well, that's good I'm glad he could do that for you because that's so so overwhelming it was it was so overwhelming and there was different you know bot and burner accounts trying to send me different things and it was alley stands trying to spook me or this and that and he would block them and make sure I didn't see them and try to keep them blocked. So far, I've came back to TikTok for a couple days right now, and I haven't gotten shot down like I thought I would. So maybe I blocked a whole lot of people that I needed to block. (laughs) That's good. It's hard to test the waters. I mean, and we've been talking a lot about how things just feel really different on that platform for both of us too. Like, I still have my account, but I I don't feel like it's the same kind of place for me to talk about things that it used to be. It just has changed and it's kind of feels more corporatized than it ever has before. It feels like authentic content almost. I don't know. feels like it's like not getting pushed the same way that it used to. You don't really discover stuff anymore the way that you used to. I don't know if you feel that way. I feel like it's like a broader TikTok issue rather than maybe just RFL. I do. I think TikTok is going through another change and the for you pages are messed up. The algorithm isn't what it used to be. And so I think it's different for a lot of people right now on TikTok. I don't, I used to do a lot of trending sounds in my content and those don't pop up hardly at all anymore on my for you page. So 
it seems like most people are going towards the longer form content. Yeah, definitely some changes in what gets pushed. And that's okay. I think it's just nice to have a more, I think the sustainable community that we all built out of that and like finding each other on autistic TikTok, that's not so much a TikTok thing as like a just a new, like now we have some of that community. So hopefully it's not just like ephemeral and it's all going to go poof, whatever we've all been working toward for a few years. But I don't think it's like, I don't think it should be bound to TikTok because I don't think TikTok is... I think TikTok is getting kind of unhealthier and unhealthier. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Did you feel like when Allie first started going after you and her followers start like first started going after you, did you feel like you had community among your followers? Like, did you feel like you had support? I did. When I first made the videos that I did, I made the Darvo video about Allie and then she made the dozen videos about me. And a couple of days after that, I made a video actually coming to my followers being like, I've learned these things about this person. This is what's about to happen. Letting them know that I was about to be talking about this subject. And they supported me then and they supported me for a while. I think it got to the point where they, you know, everybody was so tired with it. Everybody was, and Allie just wouldn't let it go, and I was trying my best to put out the content that was not Allie-related, but at the same time, the content that I did put out Allie-related started getting less and less support. Mm. When did this, uh, when did Aunt Karen Live kind of come into play for you in terms of that, like, do you feel like you had a lot of people behind you still at that time or was it and was it later on or was it earlier on? Um, I feel like I had some support before Aunt Karen, but I don't know. It just it was a weird time. I didn't know exactly because I didn't have a great understanding of parasocial relationships. I think it hit a little different when I before the Aunt Karen stuff. I had saw other people tagging aunt karen in roxy's videos and in my videos so i started tagging aunt karen also so she could kind of see what Allie was doing because i knew there were other people trying to get her attention are you tired of feeling unsafe online do you want to learn how to protect yourself from cyberbullying doxing and other forms of online harassment then look no further than doxed the podcast Visit the website doxthepodcast.com to sign up for the Doxed free ebook full of helpful tips and resources for online safety. Plus, when you sign up, you'll receive the weekly newsletter with the latest updates on upcoming content. There are many ways to connect with Doxed, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. Have a story to share or feedback to give? Use the contact form on the site to reach out or leave a voice message to be featured on the show. And for exclusive content, subscribe to the Doxed Supercast to gain access to the private podcast feed with member-only exclusives. Take control of your online safety and join the Doxed community today. And I believe in one of my comments, I said, Allie needs, Allie needs Karen Court. <laughs> and so Karen got back with me and she was like, so you said Allie needs Karen Court. What, what do you want to do? Um what's going on and I explained to her and sent her different things and then we had a phone call 
and talked about everything. And then the live was like the next day or something like that. And do you feel mm-hmm. like do you feel like your followers were supportive of you being on that live and like interested in it? Or is that after they were starting to get tired of the situation? I think they were starting to get tired of the situation at that point. I think I had some support, but I think a lot of people were just so tired of the alley stuff and I wasn't making my normal content like I used to. I think people missed that. I don't think people that were like spectators of what was happening to all of us can even wrap their brain around how overwhelming and awful being a target of alley is. Like, it's so easy for them to be like, oh, why can't you just make your regular content? I'm so tired. Like, mm-hmm. nobody is more tired than we are. <laughs> like, oh, that's hard exactly to how imagine. it was. It's like no one can really fathom uh, a huge social media content creator making dozens of videos about you and then reposting them on an even bigger platform and maybe a couple of them go super viral and then all their followers come to your platform and send you DMs and leave you hundreds of comments. Mm-hmm. It's a lot and they don't get it. It's so much. It's exhausting. It really is physically, mentally exhausting. And so I I had to put it down for, I think I was gone for a couple months, actually. Mm-hmm. It was it was a nice it was nice to take a break and get off of social media. I think I might have been a little addicted to TikTok myself at one point. So it was good for me to take a break and get off social media for a little while. I think I'm I'm better for it than not doing it. Mm-hmm. One thing I'd like to ask you about is your experience of the Reddit groups. Oh yes. Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Sore subject, I know. How did you find out? Okay, so there's two Reddits. There's the, the big one that continued to grow into hundreds of people. But then there is a smaller one. By the time I joined, which I think I joined on like the 19th or 20th of January. And there was like only seven or eight people in there. And someone had approached me in DMs on TikTok from a burner account letting me know that there was this little private Reddit and that I should join it. And then I did, but I didn't know who was who. I was the only one that joined with like my whole brand. Like I wasn't trying to hide behind Mm. any like weird account. I think I was the only one not using an account that was not connected to my name. Like I definitely used my, my username that I use for everything. I did too, too, but I only made literally one comment on all the Reddits total and then never went again. But yeah, see, I did not know that you guys used your actual usernames on there because I remember I got into the Reddit through burner accounts sending it to me. And so when I was on there around the, I want to say the 22nd, 23rd, third-ish is around the time where I thought I was talking to you two and it it was burner accounts on Reddit and it was not you two. Oh my god what? I yes. didn't know about that can you tell yeah. me about that so I was it was one morning um Allie had posted a bunch of videos about Roxy and I knew that when Allie made videos about Roxy like that that it puts her in danger so I decided to make videos at Allie that day to kind of 
I guess, move the attention, like, let me be the punching bag and not Roxy, I guess. The two little burner accounts were hyping me up. And I thought that they were Jane and Roxy. I thought they were you two. And it turns out that it was not. As soon as I came back the next day um, or that night, they had been deleted or blocked me or something like that. And I was like, what oh. the heck? Like, did, are they mad at me for what I posted? I That's don't know what's wild. going on. <laughs> but it, it just wasn't y'all. That's so disorienting. That must so have been creepy. so weird. It was very weird. Oh, that's so creepy. And then like, good thing that there was a chance to even correct that because you could have gone the entire time never even knowing that wasn't us or something. I know. I don't, I don't know if I talked to you guys directly on TikTok first or was it the group chat? I don't remember. I think we talked through a group chat for a while before you and I Mm -hmm. had like a private messaging thing, but Eventually we did, but I think first we talked to that for a while. I thought we did on Reddit, but apparently we did not. <laughs> oh my God, that's so scary. I know. It's... Yeah. Wow, that's so scary. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Also, I noticed that, okay, so me and Jane were the only ones using our, our usernames that we use on TikTok and wherever else on Reddit. And then all these other accounts impersonating us also used our same usernames. Is no one else is doing that. No one else had a Reddit that could be connected to their TikTok or Instagram or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think you were telling me, Jane, like you had looked into the big Reddit at one point and was like, oh my God, I see my, I see my profile picture in here. It was so weird. Yeah, there was a lot of weird hinky, hinky espionage going on with the Reddits the whole time. And that's the really part was. why I backed away really early because I was like, the heck is... The first thing that I saw was uh, somebody was being mean to you, Michelle, in a comment. And I was like, this is not a group I want to be a part of. And I just kind of dipped. And like, then the more and more and more and more that came out, I was like, well, thank God, because any extra time I spent in there was obviously going to be used against me, whatever the hell happened. But then it's like wild to think there was people just in there impersonating me the whole time. I wasn't even involved. Oh, my God. I definitely left the smaller Reddit group, the convos without Allie. I left that one when I saw this like long paragraphs long thing of them just like being really rude to you and I didn't understand why but I'm like I thought this is supposed to be like some kind of little safe haven for people that were being targeted by Allie but it was so clear that that wasn't the case. They were kind of like rude and snippy to me and I didn't quite understand why and then I saw that long post about you and got so confused like this is turning really toxic and I'm not understanding why and back then I didn't understand why and so I left the little reddit at that point after seeing that post about you but then I was like manually added to the larger reddit group which like I thought was private but was actually public and then there was talk that Allie herself was actually in there and I kept leaving the big reddit and then kept being added back as an approved user over and over again did it because i got blocked eventually myself like i didn't do anything against anybody and then one day i went on there and it was like oh you've been blocked you've been banned out of these reddits and i was like why i didn't do anything (laughs) i i really thought the reddits were supposed to be a place for all the victims to share their information and the documentation of ali's abuse but that's not how it turned 
out. I I think I got kicked out of the small Reddit. I think they blocked me from the small Reddit like four times, like four or five times. And I was like, I'm just trying, like, I'm just trying to help. I don't understand what's going on. Why do y'all keep kicking me out and saying shit about me? And at that point, I was like, whatever. I got super pissed at the Reddit. I really did. Yeah, the big um, Reddit was a, a cesspool. It was awful. Also, Muggate is still, it's funny to like talk <laughs> about because it was so ridiculous. But I don't even know what really went down in the big Reddit because I was like banned and then not banned. And then I left and then added back. So it was hard to follow what was going on in there. But I feel like they kind of had it in for you. And I have, I've never been able to understand why there was so much like hatred towards you i guess because i had been trying to participate in the in the reddit like i was trying to actively um you know make posts and gather information and document things and i guess i wasn't doing it the way that they wanted it done but <laughs> they weren't getting it done either so, like, the master post wasn't done, nothing like that. And me and my husband could have had that done in a weekend. We offered to, and they didn't want to let us help at all. So there wasn't much else for me to do but to be like, hey, what's going on here? Hey, well, I'm glad that we have now a separate space that actually is, I, I hope, a little bit safer for us to actually unpack some of this stuff and really a lot of like we've had a lot of revelations just from getting together and talking where before there was all this terrifying need for silence or whatever and I think that's part of what it was just like people were really trying to discourage us from putting certain pieces together and now we're able to do that in a space totally separate from them and that's what it should have been all along but I'm glad that we were able to make that for ourselves and not have to include them because they didn't do the right thing they didn't do a good job of making that space what it needed to be in order to we could have figured this out so much earlier I think if we had that space instead of a weird espionage space to deal with and that's kind of where I was coming from like if if I if me and my husband had been able to actually mod the reddit and be part of it we could have made it a space but they didn't want to let us mm -hmm. in. So I'm so happy that y'all have made a space, but we don't have to have them. And it's it's made us be able to put more pieces together, for sure. Yeah, I think for all of us, I'm grateful for it all the time. And uh, I just can't believe, like, that's what I think a lot of people thought it was going to be at the beginning in the Reddit. And maybe it's Reddit itself that isn't right for that, but it was so unhelpful and I think some of those people were really intentional about that which is just the just terrible to think that there was people impersonating both of us in the beginning and you thought there was a whole like a whole interactions that never happened or whatever like that is really creepy I thought I'd been talking to you two on the reddit for a couple days mm -hmm. and and then that happened with Ali posting about Roxy and then me making posts to kind of try to counteract that mm -hmm. and then they just disappeared they blocked me and then that's when they started posting stuff about me so I don't know that's horrible also can I just say thank you for making content with me in mind to try to take heat off of me like wow I really appreciate you even considering me in that way and seeing the potential danger that I was in with Allie just being an absolute nutso 
that means a lot to me that you even even thought about me in the midst of the trauma you were going through at the time too. Oh, well, I, I would hope that it's what other people would have done too, but obviously they did not. You would think Ellie herself would just fucking stop, but yeah. <laughs> she doesn't. It's weird that all those people congregated in that huge Reddit that was supposed to be like a, I don't know if it's supposed to be like an anti-Allie thing or like a, just like a group for people who had left Allie's side to sort of process together. But I just don't understand how someone could be anti-Allie and then also anti-all of her targets. That makes no sense. That's why I was really confused too, because I knew that there was a subreddit specifically for the ex-followers of Allie. So the big Reddit that we dealt with, that was what I thought was supposed to be a place for the victims, not a place for the ex-Ally followers, since they already had their own subreddit, but it didn't turn out like that. Yeah, it seemed like it was just a support group for just like terrible people that had Ally in common. But what what really bugged me about the bigger Reddit over time was that these are people that were falling away from Ally's side, finding the Reddit and sort of like bonding together, but they were people that was like abusing us the day before and then joining the Reddit and then we're all in this Reddit together. Like, that's weird. Yeah, it was not knowing who people were. It was strange. It it got to me a little bit. It made me super, it made me paranoid. And I, I, ended, I did end up getting on anxiety medication and seeing a doctor for that because the whole situation, it just, it... <sighs> I think Allie herself started, like, her antics started to make me paranoid about the situation. So I did end up seeing a professional about it and getting um, Lexapro and anxiety medication because of this whole situation. Exact same. (laughs) I think it was in March. I got on Lexapro and an anti-anxiety med, too. It was in March for me, too. I would wake up at, like, ungodly hours in the morning because, you know, Allie wakes up at, like, 2 in the morning. Yep. Who does that? And I'd wake up with my, like, Apple Watch on, and my heart rate would be, like, 120-something. Like, I had been jogging all night. Like, that's how bad my anxiety was. I would wake up in the morning sweating and out of breath, and my heart rate would be super elevated. Same. Same. That's a terrible effect on people's real lives. I mean, really, and then for her to just be like, you drove me so quickly. She has no no idea what she did out of people. And then it's because she didn't listen, because you tried to tell her. You told her privately, you told her publicly. And then she said, I tried. You never told me what what I did to hurt them. People literally had to be medicated because of the anxiety induced by Ali's behavior. It's harmful. It's terrible. I don't think she. You think she'd have some sympathy? I mean, she talk about her whole benzo thing. Like, yeah, a lot of others of us have had to take medication to mitigate the terror that you put everyone through. Like, have a little compassion for other people that have to take medication because of you. I actually stopped drinking alcohol through this too. That was, it was kind of, that one was kind of part of the spiritual awakening sort of that I had throughout this. And I I decided to stop drinking alcohol, decided to stop smoking. Um, 
So that's actually been going pretty good. I haven't ever been, I guess, sober. Like, I, I smoke, like, most of my adult life I've drank. So it's been different getting uh, on medication and off of marijuana. It's been mm-hmm. a big change for me. That's amazing. Good. Congratulations on being able to make that kind of a change if you feel like it's healthy for you. That's great. And like, there's no shame in, in the first place, either of those things. I think there's, it's all about moderation and understanding when something is helping you and when something is starting to hold you back. But it's really, really cool to be able to say, you know, this is holding me back and I'm going to do something different that is better for me. That's really fucking cool. It's also really cool to hear, like, as we continue to do these interviews, how pretty much each and every one of us has made some major life change for the better since Allie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's because all of us, you know, Jubilee talks about who's a lucky girl and I think all of us consistently fall in that category all three of us and other people who've been on this podcast and I think part of that is not so much in some glisteningly magical way uh manifesting something into your face it's about seeing silver linings and things and there is a toxic level of that of spiritually bypassing but there's another level before that where it's really healthy to be able to take a situation even though it's very traumatizing and find the silver linings. And I think that's like a really cool and powerful thing about a lot of the people that went through this where, yeah, this is terrible. Nobody wants to deal with this, but a lot of us made something good out of it or found the good in it. And there was good to be found. And that is really cool. And I think is what kind of distinguishes like people that fall in that category of a lucky girl. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. (laughs) And I I think that the good to be found in this situation lies in each and every one of us. We are the good that came out of this disgusting situation. I agree. We're the lucky girls. Yeah. We are the lucky girls. Lucky, lucky girls. (laughs) (laughs) The theme song. It's like um, Powerpuff Girls. But (laughs) yeah, I I think it's true. And it's very like... um, it's very easy to diminish and think of it being silly that like the true lesson was the friends we made along the way, but it's really what it is really, truly is the big secret of life. I think. Yeah. And I feel like each and every one of us are so kind and so good. Like Michelle, you have to be like the most gentle, like tender person. I can't like, it's really weird it's, to think it's of hilarious you being a target because I'm not. It's <laughs> Like, I come off as very, very sweet and gentle. I I try to be with most people, but I've been, I have so much PTSD that my dark humor gets the best of me sometimes. So it's, it's odd when people see me as the sweet thing and then my dark humor comes out and they look at me like I didn't know you could say stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) well I still think ASAC tears was very very funny and I would buy ASAC tears mug because it was not punching down it was a very funny joke about I I like to bring humor into into everything yeah I think that's okay but I think actually to some extent we've all experienced that 
Mm-hmm. And being mistaken for one thing and even underestimated as one thing. Oh, you're so sweet. You won't be a serious threat uh, when it comes down to bullying you. You're not going to fight back because you're so sweet. And then people get that wrong about a lot of us, you know, and it doesn't mean that you're not. And I also think there's a difference between nice and kind, too. And I think I've said this before, but that's what it is. Like, you don't have to be nice all the time. Nice is not the best thing to be. Yes, exactly. Kind is a great thing to be. Good is a great thing to be. Nice, take it or leave it. Who are you being nice to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's okay to not be nice all the time. I agree. <sighs> but I think you're kind. I think that you got into this for reasons that show that you're a really good soul. And I don't know. I think that I don't think that you did anything that I would call morally a problem. Like, I think that all you did was try to help the entire time. So I think that's the difference. You don't have to be nice all the time. <laughs> oh, definitely. Don't have to be nice all the time. Yeah. I agree. We don't have to be nice all the time. And I also think that I don't know if you all believe in karma, but I think that we can be used to deliver karma to people. Like, we're all connected in such a way where if you believe in what goes around comes around like I feel like we're all energetically used in some way to deliver that to people I, I think I remember telling Jane one time uh, Athena calls me karma so <laughs> I think I think we can be other people's karma and other people are our karma too yeah it's what you feel called to do and nobody else can know that for you what you're supposed to be doing and I think all of us were just following what we felt like we were supposed to do and that's the right thing to do no matter what you know can learn and grow but that's the best you can do I think Mm -hmm. I would like to hear about your kind of journey with finding out about your indigenous heritage and where that has maybe ended up and because I know it played in and was kind of like weaponized against you really quick but it sounded like you were talking Um, other creators that were helping and maybe even if you have resources for other people looking into that kind of thing but I'm very interested in how that'll play out for you so I I don't talk about it a lot my channel because I am super white presenting there are other indigenous creators that deserve more recognition than me um so I don't talk about it a whole lot but my family my nana and my other family has told me stories and shown pictures of, I believe we're descendant from the Choctaw tribe and the Chickasaw tribe. Um, But you have to be legally, you have to have like the blood quantum. They were part of the tribes during the Trail of Tears that got kicked out of, um, they got kicked out of the South and pushed to Oklahoma in the 1800s. So the Trail of Tears runs through where I live and where I've always lived, um, because I've always lived in the same area. Um, But the Trail of Tears, that was part of our tribes getting pushed to the West, sort of. The Choctaw tribe, they believe, they don't believe in one God, they believe in spirit and different spirits of the earth and I think that's kind of where my spirituality stems from like I believe in they call it the great spirit or like earth's consciousness stuff like that so that's how it kind of ties into my spirituality but of course I'm careful not to just dig in and start practicing things that I have no idea about so 
I'm taking a lot of time to research and learn before I make any content, before I was to ever make any content about it or anything. Yeah, I think that's important, but do you have people that you're in contact with or do you have any good resources that you found were helpful in like educating yourself about? Um, like I know in Philadelphia, the, the people are the Lenny Lenape people and they have a website <laughs> that's really helpful that is like from their own voice. Do you know any resources like that for Chickasaw and Choctaw people and, or just like in general kind of reconnecting with indigenous roots or figuring out more about your ancestry? Um, there are a few different TikTokers that I like and I, when I've done research online, I've used multiple different sites. The Chickasaw and the Choctaw tribes both have their own websites. It's called Choctaw Nation and Chickasaw Nation. Um, so they have their own sites with their own histories and everything like that. I really like the Lenny Lenape site for that kind of thing is there anything else that you want to add about like I guess um I feel like I skipped around so much I don't know no I think what to add do you feel like you have you're at a good place of closure with all of this because I know it's been kind of a huge journey for everybody and it's really tough when um she did just kind of disappear offline and nobody's really sure what's happening but I feel like there's been a shift and like this is a good place to set things down as long as she's an escalate but I wonder how you feel about it and if you feel like you have had the closure that you need to kind of move out of this. I feel like I've gotten all the closure that the world is going to give me on it for now. It's been so peaceful since she's been quiet. I don't know what she's doing. I don't care (laughs) but um, I hope she's getting help like the real help that she needs instead of the fake help that she says she's getting I I got the real help and it has helped me a lot Allie you should you should really do that um (laughs) but I think what's happened has happened and that's just where it lies really I plan on moving forward from this but if she would just go just do her old content not harassing people which I don't think she can make content that's not harassing people but if she could that would be great thank you for listening find additional content at doxedthepodcast.com